Welcome to Mental Awareness Discussion, the MAD Podcast, with Miles Weber, Heather Weber, and Susan Thompson. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the MAD Podcast, the Mental Awareness Discussion, brought to you always by Broken Drift Productions. Make sure you follow them on YouTube and Spotify and SoundCloud and social media, everywhere you can follow things, follow Broken Drift Productions, because then you'll be able to keep up to date when these podcasts drop. Also uh, brought to you by Banana Bros. We're rocking the pink one today. Absolutely. <laughs> pink banana unicorns all day, every day. Uh, with me, as always, uh, is my lovely co-host and uh, this podcast and in life as well. We co-host a marriage together every day. Uh, my lovely wife, Heather. Hello, dear. How are you? Hey, good. I got my swag on and I got a unicorn too. So we oh. catch. There you go. Right now. Oh, it's one of those bug dye. You, the tie ones yeah the ones that all look like they're on molly that's fun uh so and yeah we got the mad uh, podcast swag right there oh i think i broke susan the mad podcast swag right there uh yeah hit us up and grab your own mental awareness discussion t-shirt and that brings me to our friend uh hilarious person and good human from canada susan thompson susan how you doing good how are you guys doing good doing good and then our yeah, I've yeah. Sorry, keep going. I know, right? Yeah, yeah. We've been uh, trying to put this episode together for a while, but we're finally making it happen with uh, a friend of mine who is our guest today. Who, uh, fun fact, uh, I know her from junior high school. We all learned grants. Junior high school kids are the worst people on the planet, but somehow, some way, Facebook, we managed to stay in a certain amount of touch that has brought her to us today. Uh, Rebecca Griffin Maxwell. Hello, Rebecca. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you guys doing? We're dope. We're doing really, really good. Why don't you uh, let people know exactly what it is that you do, and then we'll get into some specific stuff. So I'm an associate uh, practicing clinical counselor, and my current work title is a social services practitioner. Um, I am the lead of my department, and I work at an inpatient psychiatric hospital in the Bay Area. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. Doing the good work. That's what I'm talking about. So you are going to be our mental health professional today, and we are going to talk about something that is very near and dear to all of our hearts, especially okay. on this podcast. We're going to talk about Bipolar 1 and the sequel, Bipolar 2. <laughs> yes, I know. Yeah, so We got both of those on this one. We do. We literally we do. do. We've one got and one, one and two. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. So, and that episodes going to be those episodes are going to be coming out in the next few weeks so make sure you stay tuned on that we're going over bipolar 2 with susan and then uh heather and i broke down uh, her whole experience having bipolar one so and now though for before that happens we do want to get the clinical side of things from <laughs> your perspective on bipolar one and two so i think a good place to start is like if you had to explain bipolar one and bipolar two to somebody who had no concept of what that was how would you break it down so bipolar disorder, um, just as a whole, mm -hmm. is a mood disorder. And so it used to be called, and we'll hear a lot of our um, parents and grandparents call it manic depressant. Um, and that's what it was called um, probably about 30, 25, 30 years ago. But they have now changed it to bipolar disorder, and it is broken down to two separate disorders as bipolar one and bipolar two. 
So it is a mood disorder characterized with mood swings and depressive episodes. And um, I can get into the different symptoms um, when we talk about the separate ones of bipolar one and bipolar two, but it's easier to say it's a mood disorder. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, I, I've always kind of described it, especially with Heather and she agrees with the analogy because she's like, yeah, that feels what it's like. It's like if you had a swinging pendulum of emotions, most people, they their pendulum swings good, bad. And it's like yeah. right here. And that's where it stays. But people with bipolar disorder, it swings all the way out here. It swings really, really high. And these people are super fun all yeah. the time. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then it swings super duper low. And so the idea is to try and figure out how to get the swing to be less intense, is it not? Right. And I love one of the uh, psychiatrists I work with every day. He's been uh, doing psychiatry for over, sadly, almost uh, 50 years. And he describes Ooh, it. Yes, wow. he's in the late 70s now. Yeah. Um, but doesn't incredible. look like it. Um, but he, he draws out an iceberg for patients who have been newly diagnosed with bipolar disorder. And if you can kind of imagine a, a iceberg. And so you see like the body of water that's, you know, pretty straight, right? And then we see the top of the iceberg that kind of tips at the top. And then if you think about an iceberg, if you think about the Titanic, there's a large big piece at the bottom, right? And so if you think about someone who has, I don't want to say normal, but has, um, the ability to regulate their mood on a regular scale, it kind of just waves, just like a normal wave, right, of water above, you know, a good regulation day in, day out. But it was somebody with bipolar disorder, and we're thinking more so with somebody with bipolar one, their moods and their manic episode is gonna more so look like the way an iceberg is. It's gonna go up as big as an iceberg can go and their depressive episodes can go as low as an iceberg can go under the water. So their mood dysregulation can be as high up and as low as the iceberg can go. So just to get a kind of like a visual image of what can happen. And I know later on, we'll talk about like the misconceptions and what happens when somebody is uh, diagnosed incorrectly and um, how some misconceptions when people think that they have, oh, I'm just bipolar. Um, they believe that their mood swings are up and down and it doesn't work like that. Um, so just really understanding the difference between a manic episode and uh, or mania and uh, depressive symptoms are very important when diagnosing bipolar one and bipolar two. So yeah. For sure. And I'm watching, Heather, I'm watching Heather and she's bobbing her head and we're both like, mm -hmm. yeah, speak to it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and I just love the analogy because I think that's so fitting because when you hear the cliche, you know, oh, they're bipolar and you just have them in this little section. So when you actually think of the iceberg, there's so much more to it that you don't see. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, that's the thing. We, the, if you're close to somebody who has bipolar, you see it. I yeah. mean, that's the, cause I mean, if you're living with them, there's nowhere to go and it's gotta, it's gotta be released in some regard. And so then you go, oh, there's more going on here than, you know, meets the eye for sure. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. 
Um, for those who don't know uh, the difference between bipolar one and two, why don't you break that down to us a little bit? So bipolar one, um, first you're gonna be, have to be diagnosed by somebody who is a one, is gonna be a MD or a medical doctor and who most likely is going to be specializing in the area of psychiatry. So that's one. And um, two, you have to display so many symptoms over a course of time. And with bipolar one, I'll just start with bipolar one. Um, you're going to have to display a number of symptoms um, over a course of time. And in order to be bipolar one, you have to at least have one manic episode or experience mania, full-blown mania. And in order to have a manic episode, you're going to experience of sleepless nights. You're not going to be able to sleep. And it's not that you're experiencing insomnia and you want to go to sleep. The difference is I don't have to go to sleep and I don't want to go to sleep. And so that's the big clear difference in it. Um, you're going to be restless. You can be agitated and irritable. Um, there can be times where you're very grandiose or you hear the word grandiosity. So um, under that, you can be, um, some people may just be um, very exuberant and very excitable and everything is happy and grand, but then it can be more extreme. And where this is where we use terms like sexual preoccupation, um, religious preoccupation. And with that, you can be experiencing more sexual pre promiscuity and um, or religious preoccupation where you believe that I am, you know, the Messiah. I'm uh, the next Jesus in the flesh, you know. Kanye. So, yeah, exactly. I'm Kanye. Exactly. Kanye. Yeah. yeah. Kanye. When you said yeah. religious, I was like, oh, mm -hmm. yeah, there it is. Yeah. Um, sometimes people will um, they'll start spending large amounts of money. Um, I have so many examples of that. Um, so, and this will have to go on an example in the way the DSM explains it, the Diagnostic Statistical Manual of Mental Illness, you have to experience these symptoms over a specific period of time and it has to, um, it has to interfere with specific parts of your life. So if you think about myself, it would have to interfere with my home life and it would have to interfere with my work. I wouldn't be able to work and function at work. I wouldn't be able to help, like, help my patients at all. I wouldn't be able to maintain my household. My household would be out of control. Um, so, and when we say um, it has to, you have to experience these symptoms over um, a period of time, this is the difference between bipolar disorder, a manic episode and other disorders that may look like bipolar disorder. Um, it has to be over one week to a three week period of time. It can go also onto a month, but hopefully you have gotten help by that point. So that's a full blown manic episode. Um, I know you've talked about depression already on this podcast. So depression or a depressive episode would, would be exactly that. You would experience a depressive episode. And so with bipolar one, you would have to have a full-blown manic episode at least one, and, and symptoms of a depressive episode. So that's how you're diagnosed with bipolar one. Yeah. That's, so that's about right. Yeah. I mean, dear, that was, that was pretty much your experience. Mine was 
longer than a month, but that was because of medications. But yeah. 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 And then the difference with bipolar two, you can experience hypomania. So those things that I explained with a, a full blown manic episode, it's not as extreme. So you may feel the restlessness, you may feel the irritation, you may feel the irritability, you may feel the, um, the sleepless nights, but you're not going to see a lot of the grandiosity. You're not going to really see the your Kanye. You're not really going to see the sexual preoccupation. There may be some levels of that. But <laughs> the point. <laughs> you might not see it to the point. <laughs> Susan, Susan heavily disagrees with that. Part. So it may not be to the point where you are you could be scratching the surface of delusional mm. and you're not remembering those things. Yeah. Um, sometimes when you experience or you're working with somebody who has a full-blown manic, manic episode, they may not be able to remember. Um, when you're mm -hmm. working with somebody who may be experienced hypomania, they may be able to recognize that I'm not feeling too good, but I don't know like what to do with this, with this energy, with this, um, with this restlessness, with this agitation. Um, and you also can have, and you will have a depressive episode with, uh, with bipolar two. So once again, like with bipolar two, you are experiencing hypomania. So it's not hyper, but it's hypomania. So very less um, in the symptoms yeah. Yeah. or symptomology. Yeah. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Have you, have, there, it, like people can because it's there's quite a spectrum like people can mm -hmm. can they be diagnosed with one and eventually transfer over to another sometimes you do see that um but it just depends on the level of um manic episodes or hypomania so if you've had more than one manic episode you're fitting in the spectrum of bipolar one if you are um if you've only experienced maybe one episode with hypomania and you're having more depressive episodes, that's when we're looking at maybe this may be the wrong diagnosis or you are, you are on the scale of bipolar two, but this is where we have to look at medication management and what's going on because this is where we start talking about medications. Sometimes you can be on the wrong type of medications and your medications can be pushing you into a manic episode. Um, yeah. You can be taking SSRIs or um, SSRIs or antidepressants that can be activating um, and they can be pushing you into something that can be causing you to be wound up and, you know, or it could just be simple. Yeah, I've, I've, simply the lack of sleep that can just push you into a whole different spectrum and it's not your fault, mm -hmm. you know. And it is so. not pleasant to be all yeah yeah because at first sometimes they're like oh maybe it's depression and then they give you something you're like oh hell no and yeah then, mm -hmm. there was a couple and of that's where you and that's where sorry go ahead and and you have to advocate for yourself of i know i was having a depressive episode and you gave me these um, medications to get me out of this um, depressive episode, but now I'm feeling a little too hyper. I'm feeling too activated now. So I need to change, you know, the regimen because um, unlike um, bipolar or other um, mood disorders or, you know, psychotic disorders, I won't really go into those right now, but 
Um, unlike those mental illnesses, depression and anxiety don't necessarily have to be treated with medications. So, mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, but I, I won't touch on it. <laughs> oh, eventually down the line, the podcast keeps going. I'm sure we'll have a whole separate series on all of that. Um, but yeah, that's no, because that's how with, with Heather's experience, they, to, they put her on an antidepressant and to the effect of like the swinging pendulum analogy, it just kind of takes away the down. And so then you just go all the way up and then they're just like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. she's got bipolar up there. That's yeah, we know that's what that is now. And it's like, there really mm-hmm. had to be a different way, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. And the thing about the thing about medicine and especially something like psychiatry, there is no test, there is no lab work necessarily. And it's kind of like, you know, how, um, you know, how medicine was created, how, you know, the skill of psychiatry, it was like, it was just, you had to test it out. You kind of just had to figure out. And that's why medication management is an option. And that's why you can always take, you know, different approaches, but sometimes with, something like bipolar to get somebody out of a manic episode medication management is um sometimes um required and you know what i see in my line of work you need just like a specific combination and usually people come out of it but everybody's bodies aren't able to metabolize those type of medications to help them out it's not for everybody so this is where i always speak of like advocating for yourself and um making sure you have people around you to advocate for you like that may not be the medication for them you know so but it's very hard if you've never done that before you know well, and that's that was my issue because they put me on antidepressants mm-hmm. and I was very, very manic. Um, and when I brought in, they're like, oh, well, it takes X amount of time to for everything to settle in your body. And so they just kept me on it um, and then eventually, you know, pulled me off after I almost ruined everything in my life. But uh, so, yeah, and that's that that's how they were like, oh, so you're definitely bipolar one. I'm like, cool, great. I'm glad we figured this out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it was a wild ride, but we were both relieved when they were like, all right, we're going to try something different. And it's like, yeah. that sounds like a grand idea. Yeah. Um, I do want to circle back to something you mentioned about it being misdiagnosed. Um, mm-hmm. What are the things that it gets misdiagnosed as and 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 why why is and is that common? It I don't, I don't want to say it is common. I want to say that. It happens. It happens. I want to say that because sometimes one, we experience things in our lives that in the moment, I'm going to speak from my experience and what I've seen in different settings because I haven't only worked in inpatient settings, but in my experience that um, when we're in a crisis and the things that we may do we may not only be doing because we're out of our mind in that moment, right? We're not made, we're not always thinking delusional. It may be because of somebody made us act out in that way. We may have been acting impulsively, which we all can act impulsively, right? It doesn't mean that I have a mental illness to make me act impulsively, right? No. So um, I say all that to say that there's things called personality disorders that can also look like bipolar disorder. And the one that largely gets misdiagnosed as bipolar disorder is borderline personality disorder. 
And because with borderline personality disorder, there is a mood dysregulation quality to it. And normally what we see with somebody who suffers from, and we call them access to or personality disorders or personality traits that we all have these personality traits within us, but some just have a little bit more. Um, is the impulsivity of it. Sometimes the mood swings move quicker and this is where the misdiagnosis gets um, thrown off. So like how we talked about with somebody with bipolar disorder, you're gonna see somebody sit in a manic episode maybe for a week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, whereas somebody with borderline personality, it's like instant. They can be crying, upset, rolling on the floor or very agitated, screaming at the top of their lungs, may have busted out somebody's windows and then all of a sudden they're calm. So somebody who's not um, aware in that moment, they might say, oh, that person's bipolar or somebody reading the documentation and trying to admit this person to the hospital, they may say that may have been a bipolar episode and they may put that person on bipolar medications, misdiagnosing them for that moment as bipolar disorder and not really looking at has this person been experiencing this for a certain amount of time or was this the moment of them being impulsive, aggressive, irritated, or on the opposite end of the spectrum, um, more think looking at a depressive episode with somebody with borderline personality disorder, going back to the impulsivity. If they are in a relationship, and this is where you see it with um, fear of abandonment, is a big thing with somebody with borderline personality disorder. So if you tell somebody, I am going to leave you, um, I don't longer, I no longer want to be with you. I do not love you. Instead of them taking that mourning the loss of the relationship and kind of moving on and, you know, eating ice cream, they are going to take that very hard. They may attempt suicide. It's not going to be in a way of really wanting to end their life, but it's going to be an attention seeking act to um, get attention of the person. I'm saying it in a very extreme way, but just to get the point across. Mm -hmm. um, and in that moment, that looks like a depressive episode, right? It was a suicide attempt, very depressed, but it was an impulsive moment in that person's thought process because of them being abandoned. Mm -hmm. And all that stems from early childhood experiences or from experiences within their life that they were abandoned, that they were lost, um, may have experienced some type of trauma like sexual abuse or um, any type of abuse and serious trauma. So that has created that person's personality to be like that, that they have to gravitate to everything that they have. And that's how they react to certain um, situations. So it looks like somebody who is bipolar, but they're not. That's a personality disorder. And well, so that can be a big um, misdiagnosis. Yeah, of somebody yeah. That, yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, it's fascinating to me because I think what you described is just kind of uh, everybody's run of the mill thought process with bipolar, like the mm -hmm. moment to moment that 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 hard switch, the hot mm -hmm. cold right away. People will be like, oh, yeah, it's bipolar. But it's like, oh, yeah, no, that's super not what it is, actually, because I get what you're saying about yeah. like manic episodes drawing out and then like mm -hmm. the shift from that it is kind of a more gradual process when it swings back the other way it's not mm -hmm. like a hard yeah. switch so that's fascinating 
And the thing about, and I also want to point out about bipolar disorder, people can have a manic episode and not have a manic episode for 20 years. Mm. And that's, that's that's a big, you know, that's a big thing where we also you see the misdiagnosis there too, that, you know, somebody with a personality disorder or another one I'm about to talk about in a little bit, they may have more frequency in hospitalizations or psychiatric visits compared to a bipolar person sometimes. Um, the only time you're going to see a frequency with somebody with bipolar disorder is maybe when they are first diagnosed with the, we call it a first break. That's probably the only time you're really going to see a frequency of hospitalizations or psychiatric visits and mental health appointments. But after they know what they have, they got their medication regimen and they know what to do. A person who is successfully successful with bipolar disorder, they might have a manic episode every blue moon compared to somebody with a personality disorder. It's it's a bumpy road. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be a lot. And something like that, you really can't treat with medications. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's that's therapy, therapy, and therapy. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But, but yeah, no, everything you said just makes a lot of sense. Yeah. No, I mean, just, I had a thought. It's gone now. So. It just went away so quick, but yeah, no, it's, 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 it's fascinating that that's the shift and what it is. And then, oh, okay. That's what I was going to say. Also, we found out recently, uh, alcohol can also negate medications. If you're on medications for things like that, it, it can kind of mess it up. Oh, you're saying no, no, no. Okay. No, no, on. I'm saying no, no alcohol. Okay. Sorry yeah. for the people who like to, uh, party it up. Reefers. Sorry. Yeah. You know, all those things, even nicotine, uh, nicotine withdrawal um is can make you even more irritable um that makes sense actually so that's that's an addiction which is going to throw things off right Mm -hmm. oh wow so i'm not the person to say like don't do drugs you know don't you know don't um i would just say you need to consult with your you know psychiatrist consult with your medical professionals but i am going to say somebody who is um who has a mental illness and it does cause you to have manic episodes psychotic episodes delusional episodes need to leave the activating stuff alone and i'm just gonna leave it at that (laughs) yeah very well said makes sense yeah, absolutely. Very well said. Um, what are the other, you said there were other things besides borderline personality disorder, which is also referred to as BPD, right? For people yeah, who don't know BPD. the short line. So if you hear about BPD, that's what they mean, borderline personality disorder. Pete Davidson, mm-hmm. I believe, on SNL, um, he's got borderline personality disorder. I know um, recently um, people are becoming more aware of like narcissists and um, people are using the term like gaslighting and we know that narcissists are big gaslighters. So um, you can see, you can see a lot of those traits and not necessarily, you're going to see like the depressive episodes, but a lot of the, um, the irritability, the impulsivity, the um, grandiosity Mm -hmm. um, traits within that, not necessarily being misdiagnosed, but they carry a lot of the same traits um, within that. And so that's another personality that really sticks out. Um, 
within personality disorders. Um, another big one in which it actually states when you're diagnosing bipolar disorder is that when you are being diagnosed with bipolar disorder, and this is where it kind of takes it out, if you're experiencing any type of psychosis, you cannot be diagnosed with bipolar disorder. So that's the big, that's the big difference. And when you're diagnosed with something with psychosis, you are seeing things, hearing things, feeling things, or um, smelling things. So those, I'm just going to leave it at that because like, I'm not going to use the, you know, the, all the medical terms. Yeah. Um, or sometimes you can be making delusional statements, but that usually comes with like, I think I'm Jesus Christ or, um, uh, you know, or I have a million dollars in the bank or I'm about, you know, I'm about to go spend a million dollars. So that's delusional thinking. Now that fits within a bipolar diagnosis. So that separates because sometimes people get hallucinations, and delusional thinking, you know, confusing or they confuse the two. So that's the difference. Hallucinations, it, it more connects with like your senses and then delusions is what you're you know, you're thinking and what you're saying. So, and then paranoia, paranoia is on the spectrum also with psychosis. If you're making paranoid statements, that's more on the scale of psychosis. So if you're experiencing hallucinations and and paranoia, you may not be fitting on the bipolar spectrum. You may look like you have schizoaffective disorder. And this is going to be really confusing. You can have schizoaffective bipolar type, but that is an even more, um, you need, you need um, the psychiatrist is going to have to do a little bit more um, seeing you, talking to you, really getting to understand what's going on with you because you can be experiencing all of that and that schizoaffective disorder bipolar type. Um, but there is schizophreniform disorders and there's schizophrenia and a psychotic disorder. So you wouldn't be having, like I said, paranoia. You wouldn't be experiencing any type of psychosis or hallucinations if you're um, having any of those things. So, yeah. Fascinating. Fascinating. That's a whole oh, <laughs> different yeah. type of situation there. Susan, I'm, I'm like I'm I'm like maybe I need to go back to the doctor because some of the stuff like I've always been bipolar too but then there's other things like mm-hmm. I did hear voices I did see people at one point it was mm-hmm. but it was always the same person mm-hmm. and but that was also during pregnancy at the time so mm-hmm. and just after so, so I was like I'm like wait a minute I'm like so I know there can be combination of illnesses or like layers Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, like, with something like pregnancy in particular, um, everything's off the charts anyway. Yeah. So mm-hmm. some of that stuff be like a pregnancy diagnosis and then yeah. kind of, because, mm-hmm. yeah. See, and, and a lot of, a lot of psychiatrists, it, you have to really find somebody to, who understand um, women, because we have things like PMDD that a lot of people, a lot of psychiatrists don't recognize. Uh, so premenstrual um, mood disorder. Um, you can have, um, of course, we all know about post, um, postmortem depression, but there's also postmortem de- uh, psychosis. So there's other things that women can experience during these specific times of their life that are not addressed. Uh, sorry, postpartum depression and postpartum <laughs> psychosis. So those are different things that, you know, psychiatrists, you know, need to be um, 
talking about with their patients who are expecting or having children and um, or women as soon as they turn, you know, 12, 13 years old, they need to say that you're a daughter or, you know, you can be experiencing PMDD. You know, that is something that, you know, women do experience. So there are different hormone imbalances. There's a lot of different medical um, things that can also cause psychosis. There's other um, things that can cause, you know, even, um, for an example, if you have, not saying any of you have, but you know, if you have an STI like syphilis, if you have that for a specific amount of time, it can cause psychosis. So there's so many different things that, that are on the spectrum. Yeah, so yeah, just really going back and really talking to your, uh, your psychiatrist. And it's really on them to do the appropriate assessment. Assessment shouldn't be 20 minutes. Assessment should be about 45 minutes to anywhere to an hour and a half with a psychiatrist. I'm thinking I was really lucky because um, when I finally got full diagnosis of what what was going on, like I was part of, they sent me to a reproductive psychiatry program at, uh, it was mm -hmm. uh, part of the women's hospital in Vancouver at Royal mm -hmm. Columbia and in New Westminster. Mm -hmm. Like I'm listening to some of this, I'm like, oh, like you don't realize how much things can layer or how mm -hmm. things can go so far out of whack as something like a pregnancy. Like your body is going through so much. And mm -hmm. first, here's some of these guys going, oh, she's crazy. No, dumbass. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now oh. my my new rule is there are no crazy people. Mm -hmm. There are only people who need help, and then yeah. everybody else who probably doesn't need help right now. But they might later. Mm -hmm. But someday, maybe. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah, uh, there's no more. I'm really trying to stop saying crazy. And I've caught myself a lot lately. Just like, ah, that person probably needs help. <laughs> and so. Even just now, I just said it and I, I heard it in my mm -hmm. head. And I was like, mm -hmm. oh, yeah. not the right. Yeah, mm -hmm. so yeah. yeah. We really do. Like, we don't realize how ingrained it is in our language. Yeah. Too. It's wild. It's really, really yeah. wild. Um, if Heather doesn't have a question, I got another one. Mm -hmm. um because we're kind of speaking to the complexities of how deep this really runs it could be so many different little things depending on this that or the other so that to me makes me think of just man what were we doing before we had this information you know so can you speak to uh. how far we've come as far as what we know now as opposed to what we know knew then and how much further you think we have to go with this yeah, treat it with leeches it'll be fine <laughs> i was just about to say something else yeah. or at least we're not doing lobotomies anymore so that's yeah. that's a blessing yeah so yeah. seriously so um but i think we still have a far we still have a long way to go because people are still being misdiagnosed um, people are not being believed. Um, they're not being understood. Their symptoms are being uh, brushed off or they're attention seeking. Um, you're just, you just want medications. You just want drugs. Um, and, or what is happening, I think more so now with uh with drugs, people are, you know, using substances to cope. Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of individuals, it's hard to tell if it's drug induced, or if it's um, 
you know, it's actual true mental illness. And now, you know, services are hard to come by. Um, you know, it's a revolving door and people aren't really getting the services that they need. Um, on a positive note, I can say that people are more open to mental health. Um, people are more receptive to their family members and to their children and to their spouses if they say, hey, I have anxiety. Hey, I have, you know, bipolar disorder. Hey, I've, you know, I've seen or heard voices before or I've seen things, you know, before. And people are more open to listening and hearing that and being more empathetic to that. And um, that's a good thing. Um, but as far as like our whole mental health system, it start, it's always been about money. It's always been about pharmaceuticals and pushing medications. And um, I think now we're starting to see you know, people being more interested in it and trying to find like a more holistic approach and seeing we can do more than just, you know, pushing meds and, you know, pushing people through the system. Mm -hmm. well, there's, there's a lot of good stuff that's coming through and studies done with uh, psilocybin therapy mm -hmm. sessions mm -hmm. and, and MDMA therapy sessions and everything like that. And where it's like heavily supervised, there's a whole system and a way to do it. There's a process and screening the person to be like, is this right for you? Or maybe not, you know, cause that's something to consider as well. So I think uh, finally the research is coming through that there are going to be other ways that we can try and make this less of a thing for you without having just fill you full of pills mm -hmm. for the rest of your life. You know, a few of these might, might be able to do it. So that's very exciting too. Yeah. 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 I mean, band, uh, like medication's only part of fixing things. I mean, you can right. throw as much medication at stuff right. and it's not going to actually deal with the actual problem. Mm -hmm. I mean, mental illness is one of those situations where you actually, as a physician, you have to care and you yeah. actually, you can't just throw meds at it. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's going to be a process. It's not like, oh, you have cancer or you have diabetes. It's like, oh, it could be any range of these things. And it takes a lot of time to diagnose that. And unfortunately, Canada and the U.S., nobody wants to invest the time. Like, look at what happened with pandemic. The first thing that gets shut down is mental health. Yeah. Every time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's why now I'm starting a nonprofit for counseling for entertainers. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, because, nope, not us. Like, we already are, yeah. we're already on shaky mental <laughs> thin ice as well, like, as it is. Like, most of us aren't okay. And so, when you <laughs> yeah. took away our therapy on stage, which I always tell people, yeah, you should go to therapy too. Oh, Don't yeah. put it all on your audiences. But when you take that away, I'm like, yeah, no, we got nowhere to go, no one to talk to. So, I mean, yeah, that was my first thing. I was like, oh no, if no one else is gonna do this, I'll figure out, I'm an idiot. I'll figure out how to, st how to start <laughs> it, no do way. it, run it. I don't care, I'll learn. Uh, but I mean, yeah, no, this, this should be a thing. It really, really should. Um, so, but I do uh, wanna ask uh, from a standpoint of like, uh, like a relationship standpoint, <clears throat> doesn't have to be romantic, but it could, it could be, uh, you know, your parent or sister, brother, whatever it is. Um, you know, what, is there anything from the outside, like the immediate outside looking in that a person can do to kind of help? Like, it's hard, it's hard to even ask this question. What can a person who's close to somebody who ha who might have bipolar disorder or definitely does have it, are there any things that you think that you've seen healthy relationships in any regard thrive 
under these conditions because they maybe did these types of things or set these types of boundaries that really helped. I think educa I think education wow. is big um, of really trying to understand what your partner is going through um, or what your, you know, your, your family member is going through. Um, what I have seen is that they automatically think the person is broken and they will blame themselves. And I say this more so from like a family member, especially like a child that they blame themselves for the person to be broken. And um, from a spouse standpoint that they, A, they are ready to run. And, or on the other hand, they are just overwhelmed themselves and they don't know what to do. So I think one is helping them learn and help them understand that one, this person, I'm glad that you said, uh, uh, Susan, about like diabetes. I, I use that as like a, um, a window. If this person was diagnosed with cancer, what would you do? And they would say, oh, I would be there for them. I would be at every appointment. I would, um, I would, they would learn about it. They would be at, you know, every chemo treatment. And I said, so this is the same. It's just, you can't see it. You can't see the effects of it. You just see how they react mm -hmm. or how they're acting. So pretty much the same. So just learn about the person because this does not necessarily, this doesn't define the person. They're not Rebecca with bipolar disorder. This is just something that they have and it's a part of them now. Mm -hmm. So learning about the person with bipolar disorder, what is going to change it's just now maybe they may have to take a pill in the morning, pill at night, you know, maybe they have to go to therapy every, you know, so often and being supportive. And um, sometimes they may need to get treatment too. Sometimes, you know, they're, they may have to go, um, you know, to support groups or um, they may need to go. Sometimes they have like family groups. Um, it depends, you know. Uh, whoever the person is in their life. And so with saying all that, I have seen, you know, success or I have heard of success where we'll have individuals, they're like, oh, we've been married for 30 years and I haven't had an episode for, you know, how many years because of the support of this person. And, um, and that's really refreshing to hear because they were able to be with that person and um, learn and you can see the growth there. And um, so I think education first is, is huge, is to really learn what will happen. And I think to also know that as relationships grow and as that person grows, if it's a family member, the, the, you know, the disorder is also going to change. Um, and that person is going to change with it and make it better. There may be um, some bad times, there may be nothing at all, you know? So um, to understand that too, that just like how you're going to change and the relationship's gonna change, the person with the bipolar uh, disorder is going, that's going to change too.
people grow people grow people change yeah that's that's the idea is to keep trying to evolve and every that's why relationships are so hard in the first place because i mean like ideally you keep growing as individuals but sometimes you're going to grow into different people and the person Mm -hmm. that you were in your early 20s you might not fuck with that person in their early 30s you know (laughs) so throwing that on top of it you know that Mm -hmm. in and of itself really makes it where yeah we need to be having conversations with full transparency and yeah. just openness and feeling like they have a safe space and everything adaptation and yeah 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 you know and but the education is so important that's what we did you know when when we were really in the thick of heather going through her her battle with everything and the medications it, i was like what is this like like what's mm-hmm. happening like tell me mm-hmm. like if you had to explain it like what and then we found what was it like a reddit thread or something and Mm -hmm. it it was some article where people with bipolar disorder described it and they all had their own little analogy it's like this and one person was like it's like driving on the freeway and you're speeding and the brake and and the brakes are cut Mm -hmm. and you're just trying not to hit anybody Mm -hmm. and apologizing and crying to whoever you did but you can't stop and there's nothing you did so things like that to put it into perspective, just really put yourself in the other person's sh- shoes. I'm really happy that that you noted that first and foremost, educate yourself, try and understand mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. the other person to go through. Cause that's just like a good relationship advice. Try and understand the other human you're teaming mm-hmm. up with for the rest of this, like understand, not like you kind of get them. No, like yeah. that curiosity is what helps the relationship grow, but it's also just really good foundation for like, okay, yeah. I feel like we're in this together now. And then, like you said, that support in and of itself does so much. Yeah. Yeah, like it, it's hard to tell people that. I mean, because as someone, I am single, <laughs> not by choice, but it, it, it's hard to tell people that what you deal with, because they get, they do get afraid. Like how often do we watch social media or TV and everything else and they make out uh, bipolar and all of these other mental illness mm-hmm. this terrible horrific thing unregulated of course which makes a big difference but i would tell people because i'm bipolar too i would tell people like imagine strap weights to your body and see what your day is like yeah. just trying to get up in the morning there's it goes on for weeks at a time yeah. those weights are on you on your legs and your arms all the time right and I'm t- and- yeah, no, and I think I think the thing is too, like with you saying that, is that people um, they don't even recognize that half of the people that they know have a mental illness, and I like to put that I like to say that to people, and it's just like you know when you're at work and there's probably about like 15 people in that room, you know probably like five of them, maybe like even like seven of them have a mental illness, and they're like. Oh. I'm like, mm-hmm. Mike, uh, there was a comic in uh, Canada here. He'd always say the same thing. He'd say, who deals with mental illness? And he would wait for a few people to clap. And be like, ah, he says, you know, there's two types of people in this world. Those who are diagnosed and those not yet. Not yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Accurate. Accurate. Wholeheartedly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, and it, when you, that's so attached to you, it becomes difficult over time to keep telling people that. You know, you try and find the, well, then what's the most digestible way to -hmm. tell a person? And then when is the time you tell a person? How soon? When or when is it Mm -hmm. too late? And it just, it creates all this insecurity with it and everything. Mm -hmm. And that in and of itself, it, it makes it hard to see 
any type of bright side to it but i would have to say if somebody were to re have like a if you're like oh i have bipolar 2 or bipolar 1 and somebody's like ah it's like okay well it looks like the trash is taking itself out instantly and i don't yeah. have to waste any more of my energy right i don't have to waste a years of a relationship on you to find out you're an asshole you're just showing me right now on day one so i appreciate your transparency of being a garbage human who doesn't want to understand or expand their knowledge <laughs> on the situation so right. i'm going to go ahead and take the check now I love what you just said, Miles. I'm like, yeah, Susan, you're looking at this the wrong way. It's all <laughs> about perspective, that's right? Yeah. Like, you're like, why am I trying to waste my time with somebody that isn't, if they only want to know certain parts of you, mm -hmm. that should be a red flag. Mm -hmm. You yeah. take the good, the bad, like friends, family, if you love them and it's somebody you want to be with. Yeah, you take the good with the bad, you work on the bad and maybe research what's happening. Yeah. And, how do yeah. you make things better? How do you fix it? Which is exactly why most people need counseling. Yeah, we're conditioned to take ownership of all the flaws that we have, and we're not, you know, taught to take, you know, to think highly of ourselves in that way. So, yeah, just be like, hmm, you're lost. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, oh, dear, were you going to say something? <laughs> um, but yeah, that spiral, that's not good, right? I mean, once mm -hmm. you get in that negative loop, it's just going to drag you down further. So, I mean, any ounce of light you can, so if you can just look at the glass from over here and you're like, oh yeah, it's not so bad over there. You're just a dick. All right. But from here I was hurt. <laughs> and so, okay, well then I'm just going to start having my dates from this angle. Is, is asshole a clinical uh, diagnosis for anything? Or uh, I mean, I'm sure it could fit into a lot of them. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's pretty common with narcissistic personality disorder. Mm -hmm. That's it. That tends to be a real side effect. Mm -hmm. I can't wait until we do the oh. this, the deep dives on NPD. Oh. <laughs> Look, I can't wait. I'm so excited. Hey, <laughs> uh, okay. the personality disorder rabbit hole is uh, something interesting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, to say the very least. And we're going to cover them all on this one. Yeah. Um, ladies, do you have any more questions for Rebecca before we go? I have so much to process. This is fascinating. Mm -hmm. Kevin, go ahead. I was just going to say the same thing. And it's just, I like how much that you pointed out misdiagnosis and like what can actually, what's categorically, like according to the DSM, especially what's supposed to be in what. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to, to give people a nice little peek behind the scenes of like, so this is where the psychological science is right now like mm -hmm. this is this is what we're trying to and it's just like i said it's so encouraging that it's more and more people i know who are good humans are getting into the mental health field and it's exciting seeing people be like oh yeah no we got to figure this out if we can get this right we could probably fix all the other stupid shit that's going on because it all like everything that's happened on this planet that humans have done all started right here so <laughs> right. If, you can, if you can find a way to set that right it's interesting because like Heather and I are both kind of awestruck like I'm watching Heather and we're both like, like intently listening yeah and it, I've we already that. know what we're doing with. so when you bring when you bring someone from the outside like Miles you're coming from it from the outside so if we're having this much it's it's blowing our minds to take all this in that somebody that's from the outside like Miles like I can only imagine what that is like to kind of go oh shit and where do you start so it it's uh well it's my, not a fix 
My thing is I've always wondered if I was falsely diagnosed bipolar because there's a lot of borderline that I resonate with. And so as she's going through things, I'm like, yeah, I still think I might want to see a psychiatrist again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Fascinating. I encourage it. The more I'm always encouraging of exploring the depths of your mind and what makes it tick and, and all of that. Yeah, for me at this point now, and <laughs> whenever I get to the things that are just a completely reality shifting and mind blowing, I'm just like, of course. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if, if you just walk around all day, like ah, I'm an idiot. And somebody's like, did you know this? I'm like, yeah, of course that's how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. That's a beautiful way you put it. Absolutely. So yeah, I'm just always just kind of like, yeah, of course it's ridiculous. <laughs> so why wouldn't totally it be? Makes- yeah. One yeah. thing did tell me rather than saying like heather is bipolar uh i guess it's changing what we say heather has bipolar so it's you were mentioning earlier like uh, even when you mentioned the diabetes thing like my doctor even said like once i finally got this diagnosis i'm like um i do not want to deal with this i do not want to be taking medication and for them to say susan if you were diabetic would you take insulin Mm -hmm. if you wanted to live and you wanted to live well take insulin i was like I was like, yeah, I guess so. I'm like, oh, crap. I answered my own question. Okay. Mm-hmm. I say that all the time. Like, my, yeah, I'll have patients and they're like, I'm not taking this medication. And I'm like, hmm. But if I told you you're about to have a heart attack and I have a, I have a pill to help you, would you take it? They're like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah. so if I told you you wouldn't have voices anymore and you'd take this pill, would you take it? And they're like, oh. I'm like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I use a lot of excuses. I talked well, about the voices. You know. Well, the voices enhanced my career. Well, hey, then you know, I guess you should still listen to them then. <laughs> try and try and I find am, the on-off switch, <clears throat> or or the, the 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 healthy way to come off stage and shut them up. Yeah, that's yeah. The, I am I am so fascinated by this today. Like this is incredible. Oh, I this is yeah. To talk to you again. Like, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we'll for sure definitely. I, we'll probably have you on when we uh, go into like borderline personality disorder and stuff like mm. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. or maybe narcissistic personality disorder. I'm just I'm very close to that one because I've experienced it firsthand for mm. a long time and then broke it down and learned about it. And I'm like, oh man, that was that happened. <laughs> like, yeah. So, so yeah, so very excited. We've all had that. those in our lives. Yeah, man, they pop in. They really do. And once you identify them and you know, and you have that awareness to be like, okay, I know what this is. All right. I'm I'm not going to give you any of my energy then. Because that's what it is. to be very fearful of is my social personality disorder. That's the one you're like, "Uh, that's a murderer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll get. Not really. Everybody has antisocial personality disorder. Just kidding. But you know that's that's the they might be prone to a couple of things yeah (laughs) you know that's the other thing i'm gonna also mention that that's when i'm the person who stops when they're like i have ocd and i'm like no you don't because that's debilitating if you did so same thing i'm antisocial. no you're not (laughs) you know um so we're, I'm not, yeah, we're so, so we're so overdramatic and hyperbolic with our language. Yeah. You know, the weather is not bipolar. Yeah, you're and, not and you're not OCD because you like things organized. No, you might be OCD if yeah. you can't leave the house today because you've got to keep turning the light switch on and off. Yeah. 
and on. Big, and that's why I said, like, yeah. does, it, does it interfere with everything in your day? And they're like, no. And I'm like, well, okay, don't say that anymore, okay? Then, yeah. Yeah. It's usually <laughs> like a type of ADD or something. It's like, oh, you probably start cleaning too many things and organizing them and then come back to them later. Like, oh, yeah, I started this an hour and a half ago. I should probably finish this. So, yeah, I, do, I got ADD. So, I do that all the time. So, it's just like, yeah, education. Yep. education the most important thing here is to educate yeah. yourself as best you can and that's why we're doing this yep. podcast so i do want to say rebecca thank you so much for Welcome. being on the podcast this is so wonderful having you uh and so make sure you follow the podcast everybody at mad podcast with periods in between the mad uh on instagram <clears throat> and then you can follow me at miles Weber joker on all of the things uh heather dear where can they follow you you can follow me at bodies by heather Yes, beautiful. And then Susan, where can they follow you? Uh, best place is Instagram, Susan Thompson. Ha ha. That's the best one. Wonderful, wonderful. Right on. Well, thank you again, Rebecca, for being on the podcast. And we thank you all for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode about bipolar disorder. It's going to be a lot of fun. My name is Miles Weber. Thank you very much for joining us, everybody. Have a good night. We'll see you next time.